You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Thanks for joining me. The interview subject that I've got lined up for you is Melbourne's own Luna Vexer. She's a very talented artist indeed. She plays music that could be described as dark ambient pop, but it's certainly got some backbone to it. There's no doubt about that. So if you love your Evanescence and bands in that sort of a vein, minus the heavy guitars, I reckon her music is perfect for you. So a new album, it's out right now. It's called King of Eve. I am certainly enjoying it, especially with a bit more time on my hands as I've got now because I have finished university, so I get to dive into some music a little bit more, which is really nice. But here she is anyway, for your listening pleasure, Luna Vexa. Well, how are you going after all of that? The fun and games with uh, with uh, <laughs> technology. What's the day? You're in Melbourne, of course, aren't you? You're not in Perth, are you? Yes. No, I'm in Melbourne where we're all locked up in cages. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so what, if, what does that mean for you, though, as a muso? Because this is, I've had this conversation so often now over the past, what is it now, six months, whatever, just say six months. It's been about that long. But, yeah, um, yeah. Most of the people I talk to are overseas and particularly in the US where there's rioting and looting and all this sort of shit going on as well. Yeah. Like where it's quite violent and quite dangerous and the media is under-reporting some of the things that are going on. So at least we don't have to deal with that here. But the point remains is you've got this stellar release here. Lee actually sent me across the album last night, I think it was. But <laughs> I, I have... I have had a quick spin. <laughs> <laughs> I had a quick spin, but I do have Dreaming and King of Eve. Now... I uh, I did do a bit of a micro review. I think you checked out the micro review I did on Instagram, which I'm which I'm trying to sort of do just to sort of get some traction for artists. But look, the let's talk about the two singles to begin with. Then I'll ask you a few questions about the the album because I have lived with the singles, as I say, for a couple of months, more than a couple of months. It's been about six months yeah, or yeah. so now, hasn't it? You know, so yes. So like dreaming, look to me, that's a great choice for like loud chill, and it brings some atmosphere to a gathering. And then yeah. you flip it around a lot with King of Eve, which is a lot darker. And it actually reminds me of a cross. Now, please take this as a compliment. Uh, J-Lo at her very best, not her very worst, which is pretty hideous. Um, And Evanescence. I definitely got an Amy Lee vibe from you uh, with with the way you deliver in particular, because you can sing, which is lovely to hear. You know, the soaring, you know, the soaring vocal counterpoint that you've got to the sultry beats adjacent to that, you know, that cascading melodic synth that you've got going on there. So, so look, Very and, and generous compliment to, you know, bring up Amy Lee and J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the, so. the, the overall point I've got to make is uh, it's world-class, which is tremendous for an Australian artist. I think an indie, an indie artist you. such as you are, you know, so my first question for you after it's all said and done is that it sounds like you, you, you're happy with my um, descriptors and you agree with what I'm saying, but how did you get it to sound as polished as what it does? Because many try, but you get there, you got there. Uh, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. Like there were, um, there were a couple of creative differences along the way, but I had to push it so hard um, to get like the production and the sound that I wanted and whatever was in my head, like out. <laughs> mm. So um, I was very, very, very descriptive with what I want and uh, pretty much directed a lot of things. Worked with a great producer, Jimmy Alexander, um, who wrote a lot of the beats with okay. me and it just seemed to flow together. And then Austin Leeds um, is a phenomenal uh, mixing and mastering engineer and producer as well. So us three as a team managed to get that um, that polished sound that, yeah, I just, I love it. I'm really proud of it. 
I'm glad, I'm, look, I'm glad you are. Because, but how long did it take to get to that point, though? You talk about creative differences and stuff. And uh, so, some people work on these things for months, if not a year or so, and, and they don't quite get there. So was at the end of the day, was it a, would you say it was a, a process that you do all over again? Like, would you follow the same line of thinking to get those results? I think I learnt um, quite a lot about what I want and what I don't want and going forward in the future because a lot of people listen to this album and they're like, oh, my God, you know, how are you going to top this? And I'm like, really? Like, you have no idea what I can do because to me it's just like, yeah, whatever, next, and I'm ready to go bigger, badder, you know. (laughs) So um, I know what I can do that's in my head that I'm ready to get out in the future. So I'm really excited about that. But, yeah, this album in particular probably took – it took a long time because there was a crowd fund that got it funded as well. Yes. Um, so I have been working like two years on this project and I'm like a one woman team as well most of the time. So it's just absolutely exhausting. I think I burnt myself into the ground. I had breakdowns. I was like crying every night for a few months. Like there were a lot behind the scenes that people didn't see. Um, and like w- what you were saying, like it's really hard to push it to the other side and just finish a project and get it out there. But Um, I'm a very ambitious person and there's no way that I would like quit halfway through. I was like, no, as, as much as I'm like pushing this and there's so much to do, I'm going to get it out there. And I did so. Yeah. Well, congratulations then. Yeah. And look with the album, how long has it been out now for? Uh, it came out on August 14th, so it hasn't been out that long. What's oh, it? God, Today's the 19th of August, so yeah, only a few days, and it's um, it's had crazy good reception. Um, my fans are really happy, so I'm happy. <laughs> so what what have they been saying though? Like, what's the actual feedback like? Do they are they surprised at the you know when I say surprised, like that you could get it as polished as what you've been able to do? Because that's the link that I see across everything is that it is world class. That it wouldn't be out of place on a Spotify playlist with Drake and that sort of those sort of that, oh, like that quality of art. So. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I I actually ask a lot of them what they thought as well. And I've had messages, just like paragraphs of people giving me descriptions of how they feel about the songs and like the change in my sound. And so many people have said so many different things. But I guess what it has in common is... Um, every song on this album is different. So we've got pop songs and we've got more chill songs. Like you said, dreaming uh, King of Eve is a bit more hard hitting sort of like Amy Lee belt vibes. And then illusions is just a whole other thing in itself. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so we're flipping between different um, genres really and styles, but it all comes under that alternative dark pop, which ties it together. And yeah. everyone just, I don't know, they just like it. They can relate to the lyrics. They love the sound. And they, they also say that it's, like, really clean and they like um, how it turned out, the production and the mixes and things like that as well. So you mentioned in the, the lyrical content as well. So, so what, have, is there a narrative that's, that's sort of common across all of the tracks or are they all, are they all fairly individual in their identity? Hmm. I'd say some of them have some things in common. Um, like I wrote speak to me and dreaming in the same week. Uh, then there's other songs like illusions. I was probably really manic when I wrote that one. I don't, <laughs> uh, that one has a, a pretty crazy concept just about reality, um, being an illusion, like kind of being in a matrix and, nice. um, yeah you know, wanting to connect to your higher self and there's different dimensions and um, people aren't who they seem. And there's all kinds of meanings in that song. And then King of Eve um, as a whole, I guess it's about fighting for your dreams um, and it's quite motivational. So yeah, I guess they have some similarities, but they're different as well. 
Yeah, lyrics. Now, I, look, I've written enough lyrics in my lifetime. I'm a writer. I'm a journalist, so I'm a writer as well. Yeah. And I find that I can scrap like up to 5,000 words in a moment and literally never see it ever again. Um, wow. Just because I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I used to keep it, but then I can get confused. So I thought I sort of my idea, my idea is, and I've heard guitarists and I'm also a guitarist and bass player, right? So to, I've heard mm-hmm. guitarists talk about this is that they figure if the ideas are really that good, I think Paul McCartney actually said it, you will remember it. That's mm. how you, that's, so don't, don't be afraid to say record stuff or write stuff and effectively bin it because if it's a great idea, it'll come back to you. Now, I don't know whether I completely agree with that because God knows there's been riffs that I've had in my head that I've hummed into the iPhone that I haven't backed mm. up. This is years before I had cloud backup and all the rest of it and <laughs> lost just because, you know, you swipe up and it cancels everything yeah. or what have you. And, they're ones that I remember thinking very highly of at the time. But, you know, for yourself, is that, is that lyric writing, is, that, is it a painful process as well or is it a bit cathartic for you? I think I can relate to a lot of things that you said. It's definitely uh, both painful and cathartic. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I do have, I, I have songs um, that I've written years ago from when I was like 19 or something that I still love that I want to show the world that might see the light of day again. So there's definitely that. Um, Sometimes when I'm really depressed or I'm feeling just so overwhelmed, I have to get it out of me and I'll write it. But um, a lot of the time I find I need a clear head to be able to get my ideas down properly. Um, So, yeah, I guess it just depends when the inspiration strikes and, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've never subscribed to the theory that you can be going through a shitty time and create great music or write great lyrics. You know, I've been through plenty of shitty times and I've read back to po- I read po- back the poetry that I've written at the time or the lyrics and I've hated them because they, they're just not the creative juices. I think flow yeah, when you're feeling difficult. great. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, you know, I hope I can say this, even if you sort of, you've, uh, you've had something that might make your, uh, or alter your reality slightly, if you know what I'm saying. So alcohol or whatever, I find mm. that that does help as well. I've got to say, and, but is that is that um, not expecting you to answer that question, of course? But is it? <laughs> do, do you find that you have to be in a great place in order for you to create your best stuff? Well, look, I'm bipolar, so you know, there's there's periods where I'm manic and I'm just just riding like crazy, um, and I can't control that. But that's when I'm feeling really good, and even if I'm writing a really depressing, sad song. Um, I'm probably manic when I'm writing about it, <laughs> but yeah, there's been times where I'm also um, depressed or I guess under the influence I've written, I've written stuff as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have like a kind, I think people want this formula from me sometimes and they're like, tell me what your secret is. And I really don't have one. Like I wish I could tell, tell people cause I still feel like sometimes after I finish an album, I'm like, okay, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not an artist anymore. I haven't written a song in three months. I've lost it. I, you know, that's it. I'm done. And then a song will come out of nowhere and I'll be so proud of it. And then I'm like, yes, I'm a writer again. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, do you relate to that as well? <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah like mental block periods where you're like, Oh my God, like I'm not even a songwriter. Who am I? (laughs) Yeah. I I definitely relate to it. Um, Where I think as songwriters and as musicians, we have very few victories. Mm. You know, we, we mostly feel um, conflict and we Mm. feel opposition usually typically within, from within ourselves, but it is extreme. Like it's, I'd say it's almost impossible to say, 
like if I was to say to my wife, right, Friday, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a song. It's not going to happen on Friday. I can tell you that now. Yeah, but like I've got two kids, right? And that's kind of like the sort of life I have to lead, the sort of uh, how organised I have to be to sort of do these things. Or or for me, um, my sweet spot is like between 11pm and 3am which doesn't really work when you've got a family, to be honest with you, because you're, you're up and you might be having some Jack Daniels and whatever else. And you've got to get up the next morning at six to sort of get the kids organized for school. So I just oh, look, okay. yeah, I just, I just schedule my time away, like up at the Sunshine Coast or what have you, and, and just make sure, especially when I'm learning material. I'm a, Gosh, um, I was that close. So lucky. <laughs> I love the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. I used to work there and we've got a place there and it's, you know, I mean, you, I spend some time in the unit and then when I'm done, I sort of go down to the beach and come back and have a beer and all's right in the world, I've got to tell you, when that happens. <laughs> you know, not to rub it in uh, down there in bloody freezing mil- locked up Melbourne, you know, so, yeah. you know. But I went this- to uh, Newfoundland not that long ago and I really miss it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of even this is. I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like post COVID, but pre COVID, there are a lot of Victorians moving up. Mm. You know, people I think are just fed up with the cold and you know the mm. hustle and bustle of Melbourne, which is turning into Sydney. Um, it's just getting yeah. so full on. So I've, I've noticed that. I mean, people from Melbourne don't like me saying this, but it used to be quite. Um, it was approachable, say ten, fifteen years ago. Mm. These days, it's just. I almost got knocked over by a car the last time I was down there, like walking across a green light, like my green light. Car just went whoosh, and I was like, "Yeah, everyone's in a hurry down here." I found that when I went up to Queensland, I was so I love not being busy, and I love that kind of peaceful quietness. Some people love the busyness of Melbourne; it kind of reminds them of New York or something. But um, when I go to Brisbane, it I just find it so strange how little people there are in the airport. Even like when I land in the airport, I'm like, there's like no one here. Or I go yeah. to the city at night, there's no one here. It's like the best. But Melbourne is packed all the time. Yeah, Melbourne's Melbourne's just gone um, off the <laughs> scale. I mean, I, I used to, I used to, I've spent some time down there as a muso. I've done some recording down there and stuff. And we used to go to all the bars and clubs yeah. that people used to take us to and had a tremendous time. I can't knock that. I mean, it's a wonderful, cosmo, wonderfully cosmopolitan place for that. But it's just getting big city syndrome at the moment. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's imp- once that happens, it's impossible to sort of wind it back, you know. But, um, yeah. you know. It's the music city though, you know, like that's why I'm yeah. still here. Otherwise I would be living in, you know, tropical Queensland. So <laughs> I, I love the beach. I love the rainforest. So yeah, but yeah. where I am nice. living in, in Melbourne, like um, I've got the beach close to me and rainforest as well. So I guess it's not too bad, but um, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's still Australia, but not the same. I know what you're saying. And, yeah. you know, look, with the lockdown and, and with this tremendous release that you've got, um, I don't, sorry, I was about to make this point earlier. So if I, kind of, I think I half kind of made it, but I'll make the full point now, which is that it's such a shame that releases such as yours, and I really hope it doesn't happen, that it falls through the cracks. Because I think music such as what you're doing here needs like a live outlet as well. Like you need to be in front of yeah. people performing. And of course you can't yeah. do that at the moment. So have you got a strategy for how you're going to bring the music to the people virtually? Um. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have a strategy for playing live shows again. Um, I have someone who works 
um, with me, uh, Squire Touring, um, which is a new touring agency. And I was one of their first artists and we're really close, me and the owner. So um, he does a lot of stuff on my behalf and, you know, working on festivals and bigger gigs and things like that. So I'm really, really excited to be working with him because he's just one of those people that are so... I don't know, like just passionate about what they do and passionate about you. And you can tell that they're going to help you, you know, they're going to help you succeed. So I love working with him. Um, in terms of virtual, I'm still getting on to that because I just released the album like a few days ago. So I'm trying to like plan what I'm mm. going to do around around the clock. Um, so yeah, we will see. It's, it's hard because um, I play the piano. So I don't want to just do a set where it's all piano because I feel like that would be boring. So Maybe I could sing with backing track or I'm learning guitar at the moment or there could Good be another you. musician that I sync with. There's so many different ways to do it. Um, I'm not... I'm not good at technology, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, pl I'll plan the seed because I think it's a great idea for you to work with a guitarist, an acoustic guitarist, because all of these songs would yeah. work in an acoustic format. So, look, if you're, if you're looking for, for um, any ideas later on, because as I say, I'd, I'd really... Uh, I really would love this release to be successful for you and to, to reach oh, the you. audience that you want it, yeah. that it should, it deserves to reach. You know what I'm saying? So acoustic ways are good ways of doing that because it's just a very stripped down format and people have it on in the background yeah. and the like. And I know it takes a lot of organization. You've got to sort of rearrange potentially some of the songs, but you know, yeah, if you've got yeah, the, sure. if you've got the time and you've got the inclination, that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's what I was planning on doing. But being in like stage four lockdown, we can't even go five kilometers outside our suburb. So it's just, yeah, it's really sure. hard at the moment. So we just have to wait, I guess. Um, I'm hoping in a few weeks when like all this is over, like we come out of stage four so we can at least do that. Because um, I know a lot of guitarists I can easily set up an acoustic set with, but it's just the COVID thing that's holding us back. But I'm not, I, I'm honestly not worried about this album slipping through the cracks. I just feel like the universe will deliver it. Um, I know I'm one of those annoying nice. spiritual people. That's no, all right. <laughs> It's good. you got to be positive. Yeah, no, but um, I think, you know, I worked so hard for two years that I feel like it just can't be ignored. Like, and if you, I guess, target properly and you connect with your fans properly, that will build over time. It's it's a slow burning thing. I don't expect anything to happen overnight. So, yeah. Mm, good on you. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap things up. I've got my next interview shortly. But before we do, um, tell everybody listening or potentially even watching uh where they can find your music so you've i know you've got a really good facebook page there but you're on spotify apple music uh have you got physical yeah. copies as well yeah i'm gonna have a um merch store launching in about two weeks so i can give you the link nice. and maybe you could put it in the description um if you look up luna vexa v-e-x-a i'm pretty much on everything like deezer itunes spotify google play um whatever you've got and then there, there'll be uh cds with signed booklets that um mm -hmm. i've got on my store as well so yeah great name by the way uh, I like your image. I love everything about you as a package. You've, you've figured that out. And a lot of artists don't go to that effort. Thank you. I mean, the name, it's hilarious. It's like I used to just be Luna, but then there were so many Lunas um, and it was really hard to find me. So 
um, actually my publicist recommended for this release. They're like, you need to like, you know, throw in a last name or something. And so in like 15 minutes, I wrote Vexa on a napkin. I was like, I really want an X in there. I want it to sound like a Marvel character or something. And then, and then like everyone was so shocked and my fans were like, it took them a while to like get used to it. They were like, no, but then they're like, I love it after like a few weeks. <laughs> but my drummer that I work with, he was just like, you know, an artist name change is such a big deal. Like people really think about this for a long time but you know you just bipolar overnight you're like yeah the lunar vexa it's okay <laughs> and then i'm forever that so yeah <laughs> all right yeah well look good stuff with this i love it i love what you're doing uh may you uh continue to make music and prosper making music the way you have been and uh yeah outstanding release of uh of truly am enjoying it thank you appreciate that thanks so much no for having me on your show you have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject then was Luna Vexa. She's from Melbourne. I'll put the merch link up sometime soon. I'm doing the voiceover now on the 20th of August 2020. So if you're listening to it a few weeks after the fact, rest assured it should be up there. Either way, appreciate that you've tuned in. Catch up.